All right, y'all, I am back. This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. I got a bit to talk about today, so let's get right into it with the word on the street. And first things first, I wanted to update you guys on the situation uh, between us and Iran. And, uh, excuse me, apparently there were some cyber attacks uh, that were counterattacked last week, and this is according to the U.S. Cyber Command. Uh, this was done by an Iranian spy group. Uh, this group has uh, supposedly has connections with the Is Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Um, and this is pretty much, uh, the U.S. government has pretty much labeled this a terrorist organization. Uh, again, that's what their rhetoric is. Uh, I have, I myself do not know a whole lot about the uh, revolutionary guard cords out there, uh, so I would have to. I would have to look some more into them. But according to the U.S. government, of course, this is a big time um, terrorist organization that uh, that it's pretty. If I'm not mistaken, is headquartered in Iran, or if not headquartered in Iran, that's where they get a lot of their support from. So this is the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Uh, the guy, uh, the spies, excuse me, were using software uh, that they were using. Uh, the, the software that we, they were using were tracking the ships that they attacked last week. Now, now of course, this is, a, this is according to U.S. Cyber Command. Um, and in a way, it would make sense because they knew exactly where they hit the boat, knew exactly where the boat was going to be in the Strait of Ormuz, uh, which is off the coast of Oman and also the coast of Iran as well. They knew where to be. Uh, they knew where to. Um, they knew where to, they knew where the ship was going to be. They knew its path and everything like that. So it kind of makes sense. Um, recently, or well, actually Friday to be exact, Trump uh, ended up calling off a massive attack on Iran uh, after a U.S. drone was. Uh, shot down uh basically citing that there would be too uh too many innocent lives that would be lost uh but he did go on to say that the u.s military is cocked and ready for whatever situation so you do have that there and uh there has been an increased level of cyber activity on the iran front uh against the u.s also uh the united arab emirates uh, would also probably include saudi arabia as well because they are chief rivals uh they do have they might be muslim but they i believe if i'm not mistaken they have two uh kind of different uh belief systems and cultures about how they express it so uh that's part of the issue with them right there as well and also they've been looking at the country of bahrain uh more notable because of course they're probably um, friends or allies with the US and or Saudi Arabia uh, so that is going on with Iran I will be keeping you guys updated there as well uh, we also have another brewery another situation brewing in Hong Kong yes Hong Kong I'm not too sure if you guys have heard about what's going on here right now uh, but apparently there is a new extradition law that's being um, that's being pushed by the Chinese government. Now, mind you, just to give you guys a little bit of backstory about Hong Kong and China, I'm pretty sure you guys would think that those are, they are part of the same uh, entity, the same country. However, they are not. Um, mainland China, of course, its capital is Beijing. Uh, Hong Kong is its, well, of course, is a part, um, well, geographically, yes, it's a part of China. However, uh, after 1997, when the British decided to leave China, uh, they uh, allowed it so Hong Kong specifically could remain uh, its own uh, autonomous, politically autonomous uh, region, uh, pretty much. So, uh, of course, you have mainline China that is pretty much, you could call that communist. However, however, uh, 
Hong Kong. I'm not too sure about the other city, Macau. The other, I call them city-states. They're just glorified city-states. They're modern city-states. But as far as Hong Kong goes, Hong Kong is actually democratic and uh, very anti um anti-Chinese establishment. So uh, this is the story that we're dealing with right now. There is, like I said, the new extradition law uh, that China is passing uh, would force uh, not only citizens um, that commit, let's say, for instance, uh, Hong Kong, it would force citizens from Hong Kong as well as Taiwan uh, to be extradited for, uh, for any type of crimes they commit, whether or not the crime was committed in Hong Kong or uh, even in Taiwan, they are trying, uh, basically what they are trying to do is supersede all peripheral governments and the Chinese, the actual Chinese government, mainland Chinese government is in a way trying to take over. That is the story that is being, uh, well, that is the kind of the notion that I feel uh, the the anti-extra, extra, the, the anti side of this bill is because of course uh, there's a there's a really strong quote that I get that I got when I was researching this topic and it came from a writer and a student at Emerson College I believe in the Boston area her name is Frances Wheat and she's also been active against it she's also I believe gone to China uh, been a part of those protests there's also some protests and some uh, actually the cold part is there's actually some some drama brewing in the states with these uh, with these people who've come from China and they're on different sides or Hong Kong and there are different sides of this uh, different sides of this coin here but I thought this quote was very indicative of just the situation because uh, again I'll explain to you a little bit more about what the UK did between China and, and Hong Kong in just a second um, but she went on to say I'm from a city owned by a country that I don't belong to I'm from Hong Kong not China so already off top, uh, you already get the sense of there's a different type of ideology, a different um, culture almost. Uh, for, I, I did find this fact out when I was researching this about 42, 40, uh, a little bit above 40, I believe between 40 and 42 percent of people who live in Hong Kong, not China, but who live in Hong Kong, identify themselves as Hong Konger as as opposed to China. So this this law that's being passed is again is uh, China's attempt to eradicate uh, the two the two country one actually the the two the one country two party system in which. Um, England uh, tried to impart on the on the, the whole country as an entirety with Hong Kong back in 1997. Um, like I said, uh, like it's technically a part of China, but it may, it maintains its own judicial, legislative, and also economic systems. Okay, uh, like I said, that's what the British kind of impact and left on the area, uh, and that two that one country two systems policy is valid until 2047 eventually uh hong kong i would also say macau too would all would be all absorbed into mainland china and this is the issue because hong kong politically does not see eye to eye with mainland china and this is what has been leading to the massive protests thousands of people uh all throughout the weekend in the latter part of last week uh showed up in hong kong in force uh many of the working class as well as the students as well this is uh, partly a student uh ran a uh, movement uh one of the top uh, i can't remember his name right now but one of the top uh members of this protest uh it was a prominent university 
graduate. Uh, he was arrested last year, uh, was released uh, by the Chinese government. But again, that's what we're dealing with. The Chinese government uh, for a long time, not not Hong Kong, but uh, the mainland China, Chinese government has been very restrictive, uh, very, uh, you could say, closed minded to certain things as well. So, again, in, in Hong Kong being a liberal place, I told you these guys are democratic as opposed to uh communist as what we have in mainline china so there's there's a difference of ideologies and uh it looks like the hunt people in hong kong are very mad uh the massive protests led to clashes with police that led to uh, 72 people being injured including uh 21 policemen 32 people were also arrested so this is a brewing situation it has not stopped they have uh the people of hong kong have called for the resignation of their president uh but that has not happened yet but they're looking for for an eradication of the of the law entirely uh they want to work this out to the point where hong kong remains uh remains somewhat uh autonomous however they do they are uh, everybody who uh well any quote that i've come across or any uh story or any uh synopsis or antidote that i was able to come across of anybody involved or any of the regular people involved they pretty much uh, they understand the the one the one country two systems policy however they want to keep hong kong distinct from china there is this growing uh movement of pop amongst the population to keep hong kong separate to me um i'm not chinese or hong kong so i don't i don't i'm black i'm a black man american so on the outside looking in to be honest with you i don't really have a dog in this fight i'm still understanding um where both sides are at so as this story um develops itself i will be you know explaining some more about it because again i think this is very very interesting because again you have a whole uh city uh, and it's not necessarily a large city at that um it's very populous that is um but it's not like its own country but again it has been sustaining itself it has been you know uh <clears throat> it has been sustaining, sustaining itself for numerous years now since 1997 so uh and they've also even from british uh in the british empire that was there Hong Kong has historically been its own separate enclave uh, from the rest of China. And it being a coastal city, it being uh, next to the water and trade routes, of course, it was going to be a little bit less repressive. And it always has been than mainland China. So there you go. There's two different ideologies and they're clashing right now. I personally... You gotta add, you gotta, this is a situation where I would, I would suggest if you don't know, um, or if you want to know, I'd say ask somebody. I wouldn't just read everywhere. I wouldn't just watch YouTube or Vice all the time. I, this is a situation where I would ask if you have a Chinese friend, ask them, you know, somebody from Hong Kong, ask them, get a perspective on, uh, at least how they feel. You don't need to have your own, you don't need, you don't need to have your own opinion, uh, per se, uh, at least know where people are coming from at least. All right, y'all. So I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to come back and we're going to just go dive into some um, some MLB action. Uh, there was a, a, a basketball trade I could talk about. It's a minor one. Mike Conley, uh, he did go to the Grizzlies uh, last week uh, for a younger player. Not really too much to get into right now. Uh, he's traded to from the from the youth. Uh, sorry, he was traded from uh, Memphis to the Utah Jazz. So uh, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep a little bit of the basketball notes um, for now to the side. We're still I'm still trying to get some real prominent stories up. So I'm gonna take a break on some basketball today. Uh, but I, when I come back, I'll, I'll bring 
some I, I got some baseball for you guys. I got some scores from yesterday, from Sunday. Uh, I also got the standings uh, for this point in the week. We do have some action that's going to get uh, get ready to get underway for Monday. So we'll come back and talk about that later on. But we'll talk about Sunday. We'll be going over the stats and uh, or standings and the stats. And then uh, I wanted to go over the top players in the league at the moment. So that's what I meant by going over the stats. So I'll be right back, y'all. All right now. All right, y'all, I am back. Like I said, I got some baseball news for you guys. So first things first, I'll be going over the scores from yesterday. And we got some AL East action. And the Blue Jays pull off an upset against the Red Sox, 6-1. to one. First things first, we also got the Marlins getting it done against the Phillies and some AL, uh, some NL East action. 6-4 to four is the final score there. We also got the Indians getting it done against the Tigers, 8-3. to three. For the Indians, they were led by their second baseman, Jason Kipnis, who had two hits, also two RBs. RBIs. Their shortstop Francisco Lindor also had two hits in an RBI as well. And there's and their pitcher Zach Plezak gets the win. He went for seven innings, gave up uh, gave up five hits, but only one earned run. He also had two strikeouts as well. And for the Tigers, they got a. Um, they got two hits and two RBIs from their shortstop, Nico Goodman. Moving on, uh, we got the Braves beating the Nationals in some NL East action. We also got the Pirates getting it done against the Padres, 11-10 is the final score there. We got the Reds beating the Brewers, five, uh, sorry, the Brewers beating the Reds 7-5. For the Brewers, they got major help from their, uh, excuse me, from their shortstop, Orlando Acuna. He had a, a home run, also two RBIs as well. Uh, their second baseman, Mike Moustakis, also had two hits to the RBI, and their pitcher, Brandon Woodruff, got the win. He went for seven innings, gave up seven hits, but only three runs, and also has 12 strikeouts. Uh, for the Reds, they got help from their star uh, first baseman, Joey Votto. He had three hits and also three RBIs. Moving on, we got the Cubs getting it done against the Mets, 5-3. to three. Uh, The Rangers beat the White Sox, 7-4. to four. Uh, The Rays were able to beat my A's, 8-2. to two. Uh, We also got the Dodgers getting it done against the Rockies, once again, 6-3 is a final score here. For the Dodgers, they were led by their catcher, Will Smith. He had a three-run home run. Their shortstop, uh, Chris Taylor, he also had a three-run home run as well. And their pitcher, Kenta. Um, I think his name is Kenta Malda. He had uh, he got the win. He went for seven innings. Uh, seven innings, excuse me. Gave up seven hits, uh, but only gave up two earned runs and also had six strikeouts. And for the uh, the Rockies, uh, they got some help from their uh, first baseman Daniel Murphy, who had two uh, sorry three hits, and their catcher Tony Walters, who had two hits in the RBI as well. Uh, we also got the Diamondbacks beating the Giants three to two, and finally wrapping everything up for the scores, the Mariners were able to beat the Orioles thirteen to three. Let's move on. Uh, to some of the, the the stats here, we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the top players in the league right now. Uh, let's go over some batting. Let's go some of the top bats in the league right now. Go to the top. Go go through the top five batters in the league right now. Uh, up first, we have Cody Bellinger, right fielder out of the Dodgers. He's currently hitting a .349 average, has an on base percentage of .444, and has a slugging percentage of .699. Just to break that down, these are called your splitting splitting. Uh, sorry, your hitting splits. Okay, for those of you not aware. Uh, the average is pretty much um, pretty much how well you hit. Uh, so 349 is actually really good. He's actually tops in the league in average. Uh, 444 for the on-base percentage. That's just how often he's able to get on bench, whether it be him hitting the ball, whether he's hit by a pitch, or whether a, a, a pitcher just decides to give up a walk on him. So he gets on base about four, four 
44% of the time, which is also really good. And actually, uh, I think that's tops in the league as well. And his slugging percentage, that's all defined by power hitting. So any home runs, any extra base hits, uh, that's that slugging percentage right there. And he has, uh, if I'm not mistaken, nope, he has a second, the second highest slugging percentage right behind the second place uh, batter here. But uh, Cody Bellinger also has 25 home runs. He also has 61 RBIs. Uh, his uh, 25 home runs are second in the league next to the number two guy here, Kristen Yelich, the right fielder out of the Milwaukee, out of Milwaukee. Uh, he has a 342 average, 435 on base percentage, and also has a slugging percentage of 744, which is tops in the league. Like I said, uh, also with his home run app, uh, with his home run total, 29. He also is tops in RBIs, if I'm not mistaken as well yes indeed um at the third place spot we have another left field, another outfielder here a left fielder to be exact jeff mcneil uh off of the mets he has a 342 average 407 on base percentage he also has a 494 uh slugging percentage that's because his power numbers are a little bit lower uh he has only five home runs this year also 27 rbis um up next at the fourth place spot we have charlie blackman yet again another another um outfielder right fielder uh 331 average uh three uh sorry 376 uh, on base percentage and he also has a 643 uh slugging average so he has 18 home runs this year also 41 rbis and of course he's coming out of colorado and at the fifth place spot right here we have a shortstop jorge polanco 326 average he also has a 383 on base percentage and a slugging percentage of 542 he currently has 11 home runs and 58 um rbis and he's currently playing for the um the al central actually the al in general the american league leading uh minnesota twins so uh one thing you'll see here is just for for those of you guys that don't know a lot of times a lot of the power hitters you're going to see a lot of outfielders for whatever reason i can't tell you why outfielders and really you'll see a lot of first uh interior um interior field uh, fielders like first baseman uh you'll see some sometimes you'll see a a, a a shortstop like in the case of Jorge Polanco reach the top five usually shortstops his hits for hit for average so you can tell he has one of the higher averages in the league does not have a whole lot of homers though uh but usually a lot of the power hitters tend to be the the um the center fielders outfielders also you got first baseman second baseman like the next uh notable hitter up that we have here second baseman nolan or nolan Orenado, excuse me he is uh currently playing for the rockies 324 average he also has a 386 on base percentage and his uh sluggy percentage is also at a 588 he has 19 home runs currently and he also has 62 rbi so there you go and also you got mike trout center fielder from the angels he has a 307 average 464 on base percentage he also has a 642 slugging percentage there you go another power hitter 22 home runs also he has 68 uh oh 68 rbi so he's actually the league leader in rbis and not christian yelich my bad my bad y'all okay moving on to the top pitchers in the league uh first things first let's start off with the very best, Hyun Jin Ryu. Um, he's actually, yes, uh, Hyun Jin Ryu of the Dodgers. He has a 1.27 uh, ERA. He also has a record of 9-1. Up next, we have uh, Mike Soroka. He is he currently has an average of 207. He plays for the Braves, and he has an 8-1 
uh, record. Uh, we also have Craig Morton from the Tampa Bay Rays. He's currently 8-1 and one as well with a 231 ERA. Uh, at the fourth place spot here, we have Mike Miner. He's gone 7-4 so far this year. He has a 2.52 average, and he plays for the Rangers. And up next, we have, uh, from the Cincinnati Reds, Luis Castillo, who is currently 7-2 at the moment, and he's also has he also has a 2.56 ERA. We also have some top closers to talk about. Of course, for those of you who might not know the terminology just yet the closer in baseball is the is the picture we put out there at the end of the game to get the save uh to to, to, pretty, to pretty much just wrap up the game you got your relievers and all that as well but you have this the closer the closer is probably the most important thing to have next to a starting pitcher because like i said they're going to close out the game they're going to get you they're going to solidify that win for you uh so the top three closers we have uh, at this point in the year are kirby yates uh he plays for the padres at the moment he has 26 save out of, out of 20 26 saves out of 27 opportunities he also is boasting a 1.36 era up next we have have Brad Hand of the Atlanta Braves, 22 saves out of 22 opportunities. He has a 1.08 ERA. I know Kirby Gates has more in terms of number of saves, but I like the 100% save um, save percentage that Brad Hand has. I think is very crucial to the success that the Braves have right now, especially since you factor in that they have one of the top starting pitchers as well with Mike Soroka. So moving on to the third place, one of the, the, the third top closer we got is Canley Jensen from the Dodgers. He has 22 saves at the 25 opportunities. He's also boosting the 3.31 ERA, which isn't solid, which isn't the greatest of ERAs, a uh, little bit of middle of the road average, uh, but he definitely gets his saves. And, and he's on the best team. Of, he's on one of the best teams. He is on the best team in the league pretty much. Uh, so, I mean, He's going to get he, a lot of the times he's going to get the save just because he has people backing him up. And finally, we're going to go through the fielding stats here. Um, fielding is a little bit harder to, to get stats for and to interpret the stats for. Uh, but I'm going to do my best to get y'all to, to, to get an idea of where I'm coming from. Uh, one of the best fielders in the league currently right now is left fielder Cattell Marte. Uh, he, I think he plays currently for the Braves. Uh, he has 136 putouts, meaning he's uh, gotten 136 guys out uh he's assisted on 96 of those uh 96 other putouts and he also has 21 double plays and he has he currently has a fielding percentage of 1000 so he doesn't make any errors he makes the right play that's all you need to know uh up next we have second baseman jonathan villar he has 106 putouts also 186 assists he has 47 double plays now you might see a difference between the number of double plays um, between uh, second baseman and, and the left fielder, of course, because there's a lot more balls in the infield line of play. So a lot more double plays opportunity are going to be made for, are going to be there for uh, a second baseman, short, especially a shortstop, and also first baseman. There you go. That's just all that means. That's just where he's at in terms of the field. And also uh, the Another great fielder we have going on this year. Oh, and by the way, Jonathan Villar has a nine, uh, sorry, a point nine six seven fielding percentage. And finally, we have another uh, outfielder here. We have Jason Hayward of the Chicago Cubs. He has he currently has a hundred and eighteen putouts and also a fielding percentage of nine uh, nine. Sorry, <laughs> 0.968. Some other notable defenders we have, of course, is Cody Bellinger, uh, all-star. Of course, he's on the best team. 
in you know in baseball right now the Dodgers 214 put outs he also has a, a percentage of 0.946 and finally we have Mookie Betts another all-star from the Boston Red Sox another right fielder on top of that 172 put outs out of 180 chances so uh, again he doesn't have the highest number of put outs uh, but he definitely has a great percentage of getting people out and his percentage is at a 0.994 all right y'all so we're gonna wrap everything up we're gonna go on to the standings of course this is how we do to start off the week. Let's go and start off with the AL East like we normally do. And on top of the AL East at this point is we have uh, the Yankees. They are 49 and 28. They've gone 8 and 2 in the last 10. Up next, we have the Rays at 45 and 33. They are four and a half games back in the Eastern Division, and they are they have gone four and six in the last ten. Up next, we have the Red Sox, who are 42 and 37. They're eight games they're eight games back. They've gone seven and three in the last ten, but if I'm not mistaken, they've lost two in a row. Uh, at the bottom, of course, we have the Blue Jays, who are at 29 and 49, and also we have the War the Orioles, excuse me, at 22 and 56. Moving on to the Central, we have the Twins on top at 50 and 27. They've gone five and five in the last ten. Next closest team is the Indians. They're eight games back, eight and two in their last ten. Uh, up next, we have the, the Chicago White Sox, who are still below 500. They're three games below at this point. 13 and a half, 13 games back. They've gone five and five in the last ten. I'm getting close to. Uh, I'm getting close to pretty much just crossing them off the playoff list. I don't think they're gonna make it. Uh, at the bottom here, we have. Uh, the Tigers at 26 and 47. We also have the Royals here at 27 and 51. Moving on to the AL West, we have the Astros. They are still on top, one of the better records in the league. 49 and 30. Uh, they've gone three and seven in the last ten. Up next, we have the Rangers in the second place spot. 42 and 36 is their record. They've also gone. Uh, they're also six and five in their last. Oh, sorry, six and a half games back, and they're six and four in the last ten. At the third place spot, we have the A's here. 41 and 38. They've gone uh, six and four in the last ten, and they're currently eight games back. And uh, we have the Angels here. They are ten games back. They are 39 and 41, game below 500, and they are five. Uh, they they've gone five and five. And in their last 10 and at the bottom here you can pretty much cross them off uh here we have the mariners 35 and 47 is their current record moving on to the nl east we have the braves they are still on top they've uh They've come a long way. They've come a very long way. Uh, 46 and 32 in their last. Uh, 46 and 32 is their record. 73 in their last 10. Uh, moving on to the second place spot, we have the Phillies. They're six and a half games back. They won, they are one and nine in their last 10 though, and they lost seven in a row. I think they're falling apart. Okay, I don't. Again, I had the Braves winning this division. I know people thought I was crazy, but they got the Phillies. Got Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. I. Uh, I liked Bryce Harper. I think I thought it was a good pickup by name, but uh, looking at the rest of that roster right before the season, I just I was like, uh, I'm gonna go with the Braves. I just I just had a feeling, and I'm not wrong. I like when I'm not wrong. Sometimes you can be wrong with this. It happens. Uh, up next at the third place spot, we have the Nationals. They are 37 and 40, eight and a half games back, and they are six and four in their last ten. The Phillies need to be careful because. The Nationals are playing some better baseball. They are. I will give them that. Um, 
I'm not too sure if they've made the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, they've gone 6-4 in the last 10. They're looking okay. They won a, a good amount of games in a row, at least two or three games in a row. So they're getting some momentum. And the fact that the Phillies are 1-9 in the last 10, they've lost seven in a row, that's not a good thing. That's really not a good thing. Uh, and then finally, we have the Mets at the fourth-place spot. They also have a minute chance. They are 37-41, and 41, nine games back. They've gone 4-6 and six in the last 10. And finally, bringing up the rear, uh, we have the Miami Marlins, they are 30, 30 and 46. They won a few games in a row, though. I want to say they won like seven or something like that. Yeah, one of the, the hottest, uh, one of the longest win streaks this season. But again, they're on the outside looking in. Unless the Phillies fall completely off the map, uh, the Nationals pretty much fall, up, fall off the map as well. They might, they might have a chance, but I pretty much, you already heard me put a fork in them. They're done to me. To me. That's just to me. Moving on to the NL Central, we have the Cubs on top. They are 42 and 35. They've gone four and six in their last 10. Up next at the, t- at the second place spot, we have the Brewers, who are 42 and 36. That makes them just a half game back. And they are three and seven in their last 10. We have the Cardinals here in the third place spot, 40 and 37. They're two games back, and they've gone six and four in their last 10. Uh, at the bottom here, we have uh, two teams that are tied with the same record the Reds and the Pirates. They are both 36 and 40. They they're they're four and they're five and five they're five and a half games back excuse me and they're gone six and four in their last ten both of them. However, the Pirates have won four games in a row. So, which one do you like better? The Pirates. That's just me. That's me. Moving on to the NL West, uh, we have the Dodgers here on top with the best record in baseball, 54 and 25. Uh, they're also eight and two in their last ten and they won six in a row. Pretty much extending that lead in the NL West. It's not close right now. Next closest team is 13 games back, and they are the Rockies, who are 40 and 37. They are five and five in their last 10. In the third place spot, we have the Diamondbacks. They are 39 and 40, 15 games back, three and a half, uh, three and seven in the last 10. And um, up next, we have the Padres, who are 15 and a half games back, 38 and 48. Uh, they've lost three in a row. They're five and five in their last 10. And at the bottom here, uh, we have uh, the Giants, who are 33 and 43. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. My next episode, of course, I will be having a war on the street. You already know how we do. Uh, I'll be going probably some more into the China situation, the China and Hong Kong situation. Of course, I'll be filling you guys with some more details on this U.S. and Iran. Uh, Whatever stories come about, you know how I like to do it. I like to just, you know, put it out there, uh, just look up what's going on and and usually I just, you know, it comes to me. Uh, we got some uh, some basketball offseason stuff to talk about. I'm pretty sure we do. There, there'll be some player moves in the next couple of days. So we'll talk about that as well. And um, we're pro- I'm probably going to start getting the stage set for college football soon as well. So players, so maybe some player profiles. Uh, we're definitely going to do some predictions like we did last year. Uh, so we're going to get those together as well. And don't think we stopped working on that Golden State issue. We still, we still got to talk about this history. Okay, we still got to talk about the history of California immigration and California in general. This is not over. This is, this is, we got stuff going on. Things happen daily. So we got to talk about it all the time. I got to talk about it. Y'all, I like when y'all listen. I like when you listen to me. Thank you for listening. This is, this is a connection that we have. I'm trying to build with y'all. So, um, 
I'll be back in a couple days. I'm going to call it a wrap for today, though. <laughs> so if you're looking to get in touch with me, I am on Facebook and on uh, Instagram at Johnny. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is Johnny. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. That is Facebook. That is Instagram. I also have a Facebook page for the show, Never Out of Bounce. Uh, if you're looking to uh, also get in touch with me on my email, you can do that as well at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is E-L-J-Butler, B-U-T-L-E-R, 75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is E-L-J-Butler, 75 at gmail.com. Once again, this is your man, L. Jamal, signing out for today. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Y'all take care. Peace out. One love. And I'll holla at y'all later.